The Holy Gospel according to John in the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Christ. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. And let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and our minds this morning be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The 23rd Psalm is one of the most familiar passages of all Scripture. It has led us in the paths of comfort all the days of our lives, but Sometimes it's the things that are closest to us that have the hardest time being heard. Long before this psalm was used by Christians, it was a cherished hymn of the Hebrews. And while we in the church also read and sing these psalms, to some degree we are in Jewish territory here. So it's wise to remember the nature of their history with God. They were a people who were called Israel, which means those who have struggled with God. They struggled for a home that they were always trying to get into, hold on to, or get back to. They struggled for peace, for food, and for a future. They struggled most of all for their faith in God. And the Hebrews longed to live with God like sheep live with a shepherd, but their life was hard, and that left them too afraid to keep believing that this shepherd was leading them to green pastures or that goodness and mercy would surely follow them. So like errant sheep, they frequently rushed down more promising paths towards more manageable gods, and that always led them into unmanageable trouble. And when they came back to worship and sang these psalms, they were telling that story. The Psalms describe the pathos of, a, of being a people who get scared and lose their way, and the high drama of a God who searches to find God's lost sheep. And so the last thing we ought to do is to rush to the 23rd Psalm to be reminded that everything is okay. Because this is the worship literature of those for whom life was anything but okay. And to this day, it still expresses the faith affirmations that can be made only by those who have survived the churning, disruptive experiences of lost and frightened sheep. The people who understand this psalm best are those who have spent the night tossing 
and turning. Have you ever been really afraid? Maybe it took a disease to scare you. Or a phone call from the police late at night, or someone not answering the phone, or a terrible argument with someone you need in your life. When you're really scared, it's hard to think about anything else. You don't know what to do, but you're sure that you have to do something. We speak sometimes of being scared stiff or paralyzed with fear. But I've got to tell you that that's not how I've seen most people react to fear. What I've seen as a pastor is that when people are just terrified with fear, they don't get scared stiff. They run like crazy. And I don't know where they're going to run or what they're going to try next, but if they're really afraid, I know that they're going to turn the pace up on life to level 10 or 11. The late psychologist Rollo May wrote, Humans are the strangest of all of God's creatures because they run fastest when they've lost their way. And that, of course, is how we get into real trouble. Running when we're lost. It's then that we make the worst mistakes with relationships, with family, with work, and certainly with God. And we ran because we allowed some wolf to scare us. We ran because we had more faith in the wolf than we did the shepherd. But the wolf isn't the problem. The fear is our great problem. The problem is that we're not focused on the shepherd. Thou art with me, David says in Psalm 23. And if you believe that, if you can see it, then you're not going to worry about the wolf. Now, I've often thought that I don't so much mind calling the Lord my shepherd. But I've never been too flattered by being called one of his sheep. I'd hoped maybe to be the eagle of the Lord, or the strong bear of the Lord, or the cunning tiger of the Lord. Sheep are not cunning, strong, or particularly smart. They scare easily and have a knack for getting lost. Look around you this morning. None of us look lost. We haven't fallen through society's cracks, struggled with homelessness. We look like we've found the green pastures all by ourselves, but David would say, no. It's we who have lost our way. Some of us are lost in a relationship that's offered more hurt than love, and others are lost in a job that depletes and slowly sucks away the passion for life. Still others are lost in the guilt of not being good enough, pretty enough, or smart enough for someone whose judgments cut deep. And there are people here today who are lost in their battle against a disease and don't know how to find their way back to the still waters of hell. Others are lost in their grief. And how many of us are just simply lost in our shame for things done and left undone? Sins we're too frightened to confess. No wolf can chase you quite like shame. And the reason that both the psalmist and Jesus spend so much time describing us as lost is not to judge us, but to save us. And confessing that we're frightened and lost is the means of seeing our salvation. You don't have to run when you're afraid. 
You don't have to head for the cliff or get tangled in bad decisions. And all decisions, all decisions made in fear are bad decisions. You can listen for the voice of the good shepherd who, according to John in the 10th chapter, is Jesus Christ. He's come to find the lost sheep of God. A few years ago, before the pandemic and during a break at a conference I was attending, I was driving along a particularly dismal road in an impoverished section of Baltimore on the way to my younger brother's home. It was the way the GPS had routed me, and as I drove along, I saw that many of the houses were boarded up. I could almost feel the despair in the air. It's a feeling you've probably experienced, and it's present in parts of the UP, too, as we know with places on Sawyer. And I was, as I was driving, I noticed that there were many billboards and signs in this depressed neighborhood advertising relief in everything from McDonald's to bridal shops. And then I saw a sign that was supposed to sell a law firm that would sue someone for you. But across it, someone had spray-painted, Jesus saves. And as I drove by, I rolled my eyes with embarrassment and thought, that won't help our cause. The message is crudely simplistic. How can defacing someone's property with Jesus saves possibly account for the complexity of the gospel? And besides, what good does it do? I've never heard anyone say, I was going to rob a convenience store, but then I saw this Jesus saves sign and decided to become a foreign missionary instead. It's just embarrassing. And then I remembered an old essay I'd read by the late pastor and author Frederick Buechner, titled The Sign by the Highway, which is about these hastily scribbled evangelistic messages that we find on buildings and overpasses. And so when I got home, I looked it up, and I dug it out and reread it. And I'd forgotten what Buechner had said. And had I remembered, I would probably have avoided it. Buechner claims that the real reason the Jesus Saves message embarrassed me is that it dares to tell me that I too need to be saved, that we all do. It conjures up the haunting voice that keeps saying, the pasture I found for myself is not green enough. The evil of this world may invade my home any day and I cannot save myself. And that's embarrassing. But far more importantly, the sign is embarrassing because it simply claims that Jesus saves. It doesn't say that I deserved to be saved, knew that I needed to be saved, or even asked for salvation. Jesus saves because that is what Jesus does. The hope of the sheep is not in their vision of the shepherd, but it is in the shepherd's vision of the sheep. Most of the time, we sheep are in big trouble before we even know it. And for what end are we saved? Not to make everything okay for us. Ask David about that. He wrote this psalm. Ask the Hebrews who sang it as their hymn. Ask anyone who has tried to stay behind Jesus. The reason we are saved is to follow the Lord in the paths of righteousness. And often the right paths are not the easy ones. They lead us away from the places where we're comfortable, maybe even back into frightening neighborhoods. And the paths of righteousness eventually take us all through a few dark valleys. 
But, David says, don't be afraid because the good shepherd is with us. Most of the time, that is the only thing about which we are certain. But it is enough. It's enough to make our cup overflow with joy. Whether or not you can see the good shepherd doesn't matter. Whether you're traveling on the high road or through the dark valley doesn't matter. Whether or not you deserve to have this Savior couldn't be more irrelevant. Not after the cross where Jesus put to rest this question of getting what we deserve. Jesus saves because he loves you and is determined to follow you with goodness and mercy all the days of your life. So why do we fear no evil? Not because evil will never visit every one of us. Sooner or later it will. And not because we will get to stay in the green pastures. We can't. The only reason we fear no evil is because, well, it's because as that sign said, Jesus saves. Amen.